Oh, good morning. Welcome to Alexandra and Friends. Thank you so very much. We have an amazing show today. But before we start our show, there's two things I want to do. I want to open with our prayer and the Pledge of Allegiance. And we're going to take it to the children, the Clark family, to start us off this morning. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you so much, Marshall. Would you do us the honor of opening our show like we always do, please? Oh, yes, absolutely. Everybody bow your head. Dear Heavenly Father, how we thank you so much. How we thank you so much, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy, dear Heavenly Father. We ask that you continue to cover us, Bless us to him, Father, while we do this show, Alexandra and Friends. We thank you for our special guest today, this powerful man of God. Thank you to him, Father, for him, for his family, for his life. And thank you for you guiding him, for he can share his story to the world, to him, Father, for all the things that he has done as a serviceman of this country. Thank you for our listeners, to him, Father. Let them hear what what Colonel, Lieutenant Colonel Allen West is going to share today. Bless the team, the Heavenly Father of Alexandra and Friend, also the hosts, the co-hosts, and the producers. We love you, and we thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and your protection. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Oh, amen. Thank you. Wow. Isn't it beautiful? Mark Davis and I started doing this. You know, he was my next door neighbor at 660 The Answer where I started. And he started doing his early, every show he opens up is with prayer. And and I want to say that um, Colonel, Lieutenant Colonel Allen West was my competitor sometimes because he was sitting in the next studio next to me. <laughs> oh, and I certainly okay. didn't appreciate okay. that because I, was, I couldn't go over to his studio when I was doing my show. And, and Michael Clark was the producer for one, one of us all the time. So I'm excited. Thank you so much for tuning into our show. This will be like our 130th show that we have yes. done. And I'm yes. so excited. Awesome. We started at 6.60, the answer one morning when I woke up one morning and I told my husband, I want to start my own show. He said, is there anything that you don't go with when you start? And I remember calling 6.60, the answer, and Mark, Dav- Mark Davis' uh, show up. I was talking to him, and I said, I want to start my show. He said, do you have the money to pay for your for your show, I said, "Well, I'm going to get a, I'm going to get somebody to help me," and that's how our Alexander Friends started. Six sixty, the answer, almost four years ago today, wow. with Miller Title being my First producer, sponsor. my sponsor for mm-hmm. almost two years. So here are we today at the Purple Cow Branding Studio. Rob Liz is our um, sponsor now, and I love the studio. And if you can stop by sometime and visit, we have a great place for events and all the wonderful times. But we're going to cut this show because we have a very exciting guest, number one, and a guest that has to fly to Washington, D.C. from our show. He's going to have to cut us short because he's got to go do more important things. And so we're going to start. First of all, let me introduce. We also have a a special co-host today because Elena is with Governor Abbott somewhere underground with Miss Timish. They're doing something. I don't know what they're doing, but she'll tell us all about it on our next okay. show. Okay. So we have a very important young man here with us yes, today, former city councilman, Mr. Young Sung, who yeah. also has a Korean radio show. And we don't speak Korean here, so it's all English. <laughs> Good morning, Young. Good morning. How are you? Uh, How are you doing? Thank you so much for filling in all for right. Elena. Yes. My pleasure. Glad to have I hope you. that um, you forget, that, don't forget that Colonel, Lieutenant Colonel West is not going to be speaking in Korean today. Oh, my God. Here we go. Good morning, Marshall. How are you? Thank you so much for being here. We're going to put up with two very hardcore men. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you. No no Delta Delta Males. Good morning, Michael Clark, our producer and part of the 660 The Answer. Thank you so much for being here today. Um, We're starting our show in a a peculiar way because we're going to let Lieutenant... um, Colonel Allen West has to leave a little bit early. We want to get his yes, story and all his information, and then we can continue the show right after him. In other words, you're going to talk about me when I We're going to talk about you when you leave. But first of all, we're live, and there's a lot of people Hello, watching everybody. you, so you're live. You can listen to this show on alexanderandfriends.com or Alexander, on Facebook, alexanderandfriends.com. 
and company. Yes. This is, we have 132 um, previous shows, and by God, everybody has a story. Our guests are from all over the world, and they all have a story, and we try to bring it to you forward. So today our story is going to be about a wonderful man. My, my son was actually served in um, Desert Storm in Iraq, and so I have a special spot in my heart for Lieutenant because I've known him for a long time and because he also met with us at our Jewish War Veterans um, Auxiliary, and, and he's an exciting gentleman. But I'm not going to start crying because every time I think about our military, it breaks my heart. Also, young son's son is just came home from Korea to visit his mother, so he'll take, tell us a little bit about him. So, so anyway, let me just bring our guest. We're so honored to have him here, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, one day he corrected me. You took the lieutenant off. We were at the Rotary. Lieutenant. So, Lieutenant Colonel <laughs> That's right. Alan West. Good morning, sir. Thank you so much. We're honored to have you here. You yes. and, and you'd never want to upset the full colonels. Because if you call a lieutenant colonel colonel, then all of a sudden somebody out there will get upset and they'll send a message in and say, he's not a colonel, he's a lieutenant colonel. So and that's right, and retired. All out there, I'm not going to take away your, your position and title, okay? <laughs> well, we're so, we're so happy to have you here. I hope that yeah. um, this is, I know we're, we're, we're a show, it's a podcast, but you're heard all over the world on any social media you have. We were uh, Brazil, sometimes we're getting calls from other worlds. So just know that we might look a little bit small here, but we're very big. No, and our powerful. hearts are very big. Yes, yes. And we have, powerful. we're awesome. powerful. Yes. yes, we are. Very powerful because yesterday I was taking a class at um, Champion School. And all of a sudden this lady comes and taps me on the shoulder. She says, is your name Alexandra? I said, mm. yes. Yeah. She says, I've seen you. Mm-hmm. You have where on 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 your podcast? I said, "Oh my gosh!" And I got a listing out of it too. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so anyway, I want to say good morning to Rob Bliss. He's in Canada. Hi, it's snowing Thank and nice, you. and I know that he wanted to be here to meet the the lieutenant colonel, but uh, he will be in the next time. So yep. so let's yes, turn ma'am. over the show to yes. this handsome gentleman. First oh. of all, yes. I check. <laughs> you know, I check. Yes. I check. I check. I check. <laughs> Eyes check. I'm a dog face soldier. You are you are an amazing man. Well, tell us who you are, why you're sitting here today, where you're going today, and what is the future looking like. Well, you know, I'm sitting here today because you told me to be here. Okay, so let's get that out. You sound just like Michael. Michael has that habit. I was voluntold, as we say. But uh, you know, I'm just a simple guy. I was born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia, same neighborhood that uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was born and raised. Amen. Amen. So grew up there. My elementary school was across the street from Ebenezer Baptist Church. Yes. I had uh, a couple of fantastic parents. Uh, my dad was a World War II uh, veteran, Army, and uh, <clears throat> my mom did a little over 25 years civilian service with the Marine Corps headquarters there. Wow. So <laughs> chances are if they were alive, they say that my hair is a little bit too long on the top and I need <laughs> to trim it down a bit. Uh, but I grew up in a very uh, Christian, a very disciplined mm-hmm. family, uh, a family that taught me about you know service, sacrifice, and commitment to the Lord and to my country, and Absolutely. that has shaped Amen. my life yeah. you know, going forward. Now, my older brother was a Marine in Vietnam. Uh, I served 22 years in the United States Army uh, after I got commissioned in ROTC at the University of Tennessee. So I always tell the folks here in Texas that there would not be a Texas if it weren't for Tennessee volunteers. <laughs> If you know your history, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much so it. I've you know been married 34 years. Congratulations! Congratulations! Yeah. Congratulations. An incredible woman, uh, Dr. Angela Graham West. Uh, I was just a stupid, lowly artillery captain. She was a professor at Kansas State University in marketing and finance. Probably the best uh, marketing job that I ever done in my life was to sell myself to her. Uh, we have two daughters. Oh, hold on, hold on a second. I want, I want to interrupt here for a second. Uh-oh. Love that. <laughs> and. Uh, who, how did the process start for the sale? Uh, I begged. <laughs> just wanted to know. That's a good one, right? Uh, yeah, that, 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 I just wanted to see, you know. Was there a contract? Was there, you know? I was in Manhattan, Kansas. I was, I was just, you know, like, I, love that I, I can't get Kutu. any better humble. than this, you know. And so uh, we have two daughters. Uh, the oldest, Aubrey, is 30. She lives in Carrollton, young. Oh, okay. and, uh, Does she want to sell her house? 
No. Well, she is considering uh, upgrading. Uh, oh, she good. is a. Uh, I'll give you my card before you leave. All right. That's right. Worth always that. going for the sale. She's a <laughs> physician assistant in mm-hmm. neonatology, and oh. she uh, and her husband Troy they just had their first son. Oh, uh, congratulations, yeah, Levi Allen. He's four months old. My oh. youngest daughter, Austin. Uh, she is a pre-K uh, school teacher, and she lives with her husband over in Garland. That's and awesome. And our oldest grandson is Jackson, and he will be three in May. And I just want to shout out because they're watching you. Trey Williams is watching you right Hi, now. Trey. He's sending me a message, and awesome. he's in Garland, and yeah. he wishes he was here. And he's a tremendous um, gentleman. He's opening a big complex in Garland. He's just sending me a message to say to tell you good morning. Good morning, sir. Trey Williams is, um, you get to meet him. He's a, uh, a man of, of just like you're humble, but he dedicates his life to the community. Yeah. So uh, they're waving at you. So very good. So, well, I'm, I want to say something very important be- mm-hmm. besides being begging your wife to marry him, you know, to be part of you. You are, you have an amazing um, background, but you have, um, during your 22 year career in the United States Army, you served in several combat zones, and you received many honors, mm-hmm. including a Bronze Star. Tell us a little bit about your, your this honors that we have. You have a Bronze Star, Meritorious Service Medals, three Army Commendation Medals, one with Valor Device, and Val- Valorious Unit Award in 1993. You were named U.S. Army Road ROTC Instructor of the Year. So, You've given so much. So what has given you that power from where do you get it? And what has given you that power to be where you are today? Well, um, I always carry, you know, a little three by five. I do cars. too. I That's carry what the, too. the military oh. taught me. And mm. one of my three by five cars are my, uh, my top 10 Bible verses. Mm. And oh my one gosh. Of those, uh, let me see if I can find it right here. One of those Bible verses is Philippians 4 and 13, mm-hmm. which, as you know, you know, I can do all things through Christ Jesus mm-hmm. who strengthens me. And but my my top one is Joshua 1, 5 through 9, where, you know, the Lord tells you in verse 9 to be strong and of good courage. Well, Lord, that God should never leave you nor forsake you. Mm-hmm. So that has always been, you know, the sustaining mentality that I have had. My dad, as a, as a young boy, um, he told me that you find out what the standard is mm-hmm. and then you exceed it. So it has always been about, okay, what is required? What is the standard? What do I have to do to, to be the best that, that you can be? And when I came into the Army back in 1982 when I was commissioned from Tennessee, we had a motto, it was be all you can be. You know, and it's very funny that the Army, you know, went back and forth, changed all these different mm-hmm. mottos. And then finally they decided to come right back to the exact same motto they got rid of, you know, some 22 years ago. Be mm-hmm. all you can be because it's yeah. impactful. So I think that that is what it has been about for, for me. And when I commanded a battalion in the 4th Infantry Division, I deployed them to Iraq in uh, 2003. Um, we had a motto. It was duty, not reward. Amen. So, so for me, it is not going out there saying I'm going to do something so I can get a medal or what, a recognition. You do it because it's right. That's, that's right. It. That's Amen. It. That's I, right. I think that's what I want. You know, I've read so much about you and I was reading about all your awards. And, and you always, a lot of people do things because that makes them feel good. It makes them brings them to the to the front. But when you do it from your heart. Sometimes you yes. don't even rec- get recognized. Yeah. Yes. Well, you're not supposed yes. to. Yes. You're not supposed to. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's what makes all the difference when yes. you're doing when you're doing things like this. You know, it's interesting yes. you bring that up because um, my my Bible uh, devotional this morning mm-hmm. was out of Mark chapter 10, mm-hmm. and in verse 45 it talks mm-hmm. about how the Son of Man came to serve and not to be served. And I think Amen. that everyone has to have a servant's heart. Oh, I, I think yeah. that what we get in trouble with is when people are, you know, want to elevate themselves into a position so that people recognize them and serve them, what have you. Yes. But you're supposed to be giving yourself that's to right. others. And, and that's what I love about being a soldier, sailor, airman, marines, coast guardsman, because you're giving of yourself to something that's bigger than you are. That's right. Wow. That's right. Wow. Um, I'm just happy to hear and all mm. this great God's words and mm. I'm learning, I'm learning, learning, learning. Well, and, and that's what your son mm-hmm. has done. And when I think about our military, it is so unique yeah. in that our military does not take a note to a person. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take a note to a political party mm-hmm. or anything like that. Exactly. Our, our military takes a note to the Constitution that's of the United right. States of America. That's right. And that, that, is that is the embodiment that's right. of who we are as American people, not black, white, Hispanic, Asian, that's whatever. Right. 
It says, you know, that we will support and defend the Constitution of the United States of America against all enemies, foreign and domestic. We will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, mm-hmm. that we take that obligation freely without any purpose of evasion or mental reservation, so help me God. And wow. that oath that we take, you know, it should never have a statute of limitations. So that when you retire, you take off your mm-hmm. uniform, whatever, you should still honor that oath. That's right. Amen. That's why it's, a, it's the greatest country in the world, still colorblind. That's right. Mm. Although yes. the problem we have today mm-hmm. is that people want to take us back to to being, you know, more so focused on color, which, again, you know, having been born and raised in Dr. King's neighborhood, mm. we're supposed to focus on character. Character. And not the color. Amen. That That Amen. is the thing that should unify us because I don't care, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, That's purple, right. whatever. That's right. I'm looking at your character. That's and not right. only that, but when That's you prick right. your finger... Everybody has the same blood Absolutely. color that That's when you right. do it. And I can tell you that. But I'm going to, since we spoke a little bit, Young Sung, tell us a little bit about your son. Where this is, we have a lieutenant colonel standing here. He might be able to help him get him to the next level. Maybe the, <laughs> be the next president of the United States. Tell us about Josh a little bit. He was on our show the week before he departed for Korea. Joshua. Yeah, yeah. No, he was. Uh, tell, tell me what his name and everything. Tell me his rank and where he where he's stationed. My son's name is uh, Joshua. Joshua Song. Uh, he was uh, first assignment is uh, in South Korea. I mean, to kind of kind of full circle, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we first came to America, it was a Fort Sill lot in Oklahoma, and and his first combat training is in Fort Sill, Oklahoma, and first in South Korea. Yeah, and. Uh, and you were you're from from Korea, right? Yes. I'm okay, from South just want to make sure. <laughs> Not north, okay, south. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. So, what is his rank now, and and what's he doing, and where is he going from here? No, he's um, he's really praying hard about it. He's a sergeant now. He's sergeant. This is uh, his third year. His uh, contract comes up in June, and he really wants to trying to figure out what he wants to do, whether still stay or go get an education. So he okay. needs a little bit of a mentorship or guidance, a little advice. Maybe oh, a you got a good mentor sitting right next to you. West can maybe give us a little guidance there. Yes, yes, well, yes. I, I think that you follow your heart, you follow your passion. Mm-hmm. I know that before we came on air, uh, he was thinking about, you know, becoming an officer. And, and again, mm-hmm. it's, it's always about looking how you can set that bar higher for yourself. Mm-hmm. But without a doubt, he has done something that... Less than 3% of this nation has done, and that's served this country in uniform. So he should be very proud of that, even if he gets out at this this three-year mark. I mean, he has set himself above and beyond, you know, his peers. But I will tell you that, you know, right now serving in our military is real tough. It's tough, very tough. It's very tough because, you know, when you look at some of the policies that are coming down, because I still have some friends there, um, they're not very happy with that. And and we have got to make sure that we have the right type of leadership that's uh, in Washington, D.C., uh, starting in the Oval Office with the commander in chief all the way down to your senior military leaders that are taking care of our troops uh, because uh, that's the primary. Yeah, that's the primary thing. And, and also our veterans have to be taken care of a little bit better. too. Absolutely. Yes. You know, that's my heart. That is my biggest passion is veterans. I was raised by my mother was a World War Two veteran. Mm. My father, my grandfather, all my parents, my son is army served under your your leadership. But one of the things I find today is that our young people of today, we're missing God in their home. You see, when you're missing God, yeah. you're missing Absolutely. the fact that you, that you give back to your Yes. To your, to your, uh, I'm going to say my synagogue, but going back, you give back to your, to your church or your synagogue and to your country. And today our young people do not, they're not instilled God in their hearts. So there's so much emptiness. And when you see what's happening, I think that's where our country is suffering. Don't you agree with me? Yeah, I do. And Marcel and I, we yes. were kind of talking about this again before we came on air. Right. The, there is a full scale assault against the family. In the United States of America. And so when you break down the family, uh, there's so many second, third and fourth order bad things that happen. Mm -hmm. You know, and you asked me early on, you know, how did I get here? It's because I had a mother and a father that were strong. I mean, on Sunday morning, you woke up. You yeah, church. You You go to Sunday school. Absolutely. Absolutely. Vacation, Bob's, everything. You know, they they kept you engaged. They kept you involved. 
And you know what? You saw your parents there. That's right. They know? were there too. And and when mom was up there singing, you know, in the choir, and dad was up there, you know, maybe being with the the elders, mm-hmm. there were women and men sitting back in the pews with you, and and there were ushers. That's right. You acted up. You're gonna get smacked. <laughs> okay, because everyone had free reign on you right. in church. And then th- you didn't want them to tell your mom and daddy uh, right. because you're going to get even more because you are a representative to them. So I think what really has to happen with our young people today, we got to restore the family. Um, you know, the black family 63 years ago when I was born was 75 to 77 percent two parent household. You didn't That's see right. you didn't see kids running around, didn't have mommy and daddy. Not. But what's the standard? How many children in your family? Twelve. My See? brother had twelve kids. See? How many in your family, sir? Well, I'm the middle of three sons. But you know, today I'm me. On today only twenty four percent of black kids have mother and father in the home. And that's creeping into all different types yes. of uh, of uh, demographics. And this has been a concerted That's effort right. to, to reshape, reform, redefine, redefine what the traditional nuclear family is. And uh, and I think that that has led to the problems that we see in our inner cities, the gangs, <clears throat> the problems, the lack of quality education, yes. uh, the disrespect, the irresponsibility. So we well, got to get back to that. Well, mm-hmm. we don't want to forget as well on that. Mm-hmm. If I can just add this in, our neighbors was our parents as well. Mm. Absolutely. So when we go outside and you outside doing something you shouldn't be doing, our neighbor, the people around us, our neighborhood was also our parents. Yep. The lights are coming on. Yep. The biggest the biggest beat down I got from my dad was when I was down in his hometown in Cuthbert, Georgia, Randolph County, where he grew up. Yeah. And I came back into granddaddy's house and dad laid me out. Mm. He's, he said, how dare you go out there and disrespect me? And I'm thinking, what did I do? I was just out there playing you know, ball with some friends mm-hmm. you know, down there. But the issue was that when I was walking back from the, from the basketball court, all of those people that were sitting out on their mm-hmm. front porch, mm-hmm. or as they we say down go. south, uh, down south the poach. Yeah, the poach. <laughs> on the poach, <laughs> front poach. <laughs> I did not say, I didn't recognize them. I didn't say, you know, hello, good evening. Good morning. And let me tell you what, they knew I was Buck West's son, (laughs) and they got on their phone, and they told him I had a disrespectful son. I love that name, Buck West. Buck West. Done. Done. Laid me out. (laughs) And the next day, I was like, hello, ma'am. Hello, sir. How y'all doing? Have a good day. And and that still carries on. When I see people and I don't know them, it's sir and ma'am. Wow. You're listening to Alexander and Friends. We are at 13612 Midway Road, number 601 Farmer's Branch, and that's called the Purple Cow Branding Studio. And we yes. want to thank Rob Bliss for giving us the opportunity of having this beautiful studio. That's right. We have an amazing guest today, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, my co-host, Marshall. Hi. 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 And what's Scooby Doobie? Shelly Dobo. Shelly Dobo, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she said Scooby Dooby. <laughs> young son, Love who you. is my, my partner and, and associate in the real estate world Mr. and young city son. council. Yes. He, don't don't get him into he's young, okay? <laughs> don't get him into that, okay? <laughs> I mean, we got to be watchful because he gets carried away. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Hey, everyone. This is Jose Gillian the owner of All House Barbecue, located on Louisville and Carrollton. You can find us at allhousebbq.com, and we are the proud sponsor of Alexandra and Friends. Come and see us. We're so thankful to be here today yes. and talking about the issues. And I think one of the most important issues that we're, we need to really think about is the family, mm. the family nuclear. And I think what I find also, you know, the Korean family, being that young is here, we're going to talk about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. The Korean family seems to be, very, very, very close. Is that right, Young? You're, you're a nuclear family. You come and, and tell us why. Is it because where you come from, where you, uh, the countries that, that you came from, where you were split? What, what is it that makes you so strong? Well, uh, what the Lieutenant Colonel West just alluded to and what mm-hmm. Marcel alluded to is that mm-hmm. I grew up in a village that was about 30 people mm-hmm. uh, in a village. My neighbor, my whole village was my parents and my mm-hmm. mother and father. Wherever I go, when my parents are not there, they know I, I need to eat, I need to go to sleep. They, they care for me. They give me food. 
And they did a spanking too, if I don't behave. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, God. <laughs> no, it's it's just that it takes a, uh, takes you know, a village. village to raise a kid. I mean, it, it is basically your family. That's your village, yeah. your, your family. Your, 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 I mean, what can you say? I'm, it, it is like when, I, when we got up in a village, we get up as kids. We get up 6 in the morning. We we'll go to the center of the village. Everybody, every kid has a broom, broom, cleaning the whole village up, including everybody's front doorstep. Then we we'll go back to our home, mm-hmm. and we meet up in the village. We walk together to school. Mm. That's how I grew up. Mm. That's how I grew up. Mm. And I came to America. It was very challenging at the, in the beginning, not knowing English, but our parents still hung together. Yeah, hung together, kept us together, and. Blessed to be blessed to be here, and, and that's why I am where I am, and and all that <clears throat> that basic foundation of family yeah. guidance. So, you know, the interesting thing, though, I think a challenge that we also have today, when you look around, you got people in government that are telling parents that your children are not yours. Hmm. Oh. You know, and, it is. It's happening. And. <sighs> And when you think about what just happened in Indiana and some of these laws have been passed in some oh. states where by, you know, your child, mm-hmm. okay, and, and this whole thing about your child wanting to have their body mm-hmm. mutilated and change genders and parents say, that's not happening, that's my child, okay, right. I will take it. Well, now you have government coming in and taking children away. Away from you. Away from you. And, and like I said, the most recent case was in Indiana. Mm-hmm. And this is very disconcerting Mm -hmm. where all of a sudden uh, an ideological agenda is pushed because I will tell you this once again, uh, Buck West, I come home from from school one day and, you know, dad, I don't want to be Alan. I think that I should be (laughs) Aline. It's going to be a conversation. Okay. And it's going to be a one way conversation. And then my dad, after he, you know, gets me to understand that God made you perfectly right. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're to fine. You're, you, that's right. To his image. You're my son. Then my dad was go, is going to say, who put that idea in your head? Mm-hmm. And they're going to have a different conversation. Mm-hmm. And so I see the usurpation of the authority of parents uh, to, again, to be able to say that this is my child and mm-hmm. I need to be able to decide the best education. For my child. Well, no, you know, we don't want you to be able to have that choice. I need to be able to decide, you know, what my child's gender is. Mm-hmm. You're telling me I can't make that decision for my child. And, you know, we're talking about 18 and below. You can't get a tattoo. Right. Now, all of a sudden you're telling me that you can be, you know, seven or eight and you can decide, you know, I want to have my body, you know, mutilated. This, mutilated. This, right. and, and this is the absurdity that is happening. And, and and I think this is such a simple issue that it should bind all of us together. Because if you're a parent, that's your child. And, and what's really troubling is that we want to take children away from parents that want the best for their child. But yet when they're parents that take a child to a show where, you know, mentally perverted men are dressing up scantily as women and jumping around and showing their body parts, they're applauded. Yeah. You know, or or when we find out that these young men that think they are young girls want to compete against our daughters, you know, I got to tell you, as a dad, I would not have had that. I mean, I would go up to whoever that person's parent and say, "Look, your your son is not going into the locker room, with my daughter, mm. and we can decide." Or your granddaughter, this, or my granddaughter, and we can decide this right now, okay? Oh, yeah. But we have got to reassert ourselves. As the adults in the room, what does it say in Proverbs 22, 6, that you train up your child in the way that they should go so that they will not depart? It doesn't say anybody that you, you know, that that's that relationship that you're supposed to have. And it's really being threatened today. Well, I think one of the biggest problems we're having right now is that we forget God created the world. The the books of of, of the Torah are five of them, and that's what I Mm -hmm. go by. And the Genesis, as you open it up, it says... What does it say? In the beginning. In, In the, the beginning. beginning. Mm-hmm. What did he do? God created. One man and one woman. 
That's it. There's no in between. God created, not the man, not the women, God created. And this is what we forget. And, you know, I'm, I'm Jewish, and we're even forgetting that in our, in our, in our synagogues. We're, we're becoming, we, we, we're, we're testing. We're testing God everywhere. Yeah, we are. We are testing God, and God does not like to be tested. And God will be angry one day, and he is going to. What's happening in our country, in our world? Look what's happening in Israel. Look look where we are in Israel, uh, a country where we could defend ourselves, where we could mm-hmm. do it. Look where we are. And last night, actually, I, I was really, you know, when you if you have been to the Jewish Community Center, you see the pictures of all, as you walk in, you'll see the hostages. Yeah. And, and you start thinking, where are they now? It's a hundred and so many days, mm-hmm. and you don't even hear it anymore. Mm-hmm. You don't hear about these things. You don't hear in the home. You don't hear about God. You don't hear about. You, you don't have that nuclear. And what's happening is we're being divided. We're being taken out of the of of the of God's way and taken it. The demons they're all over the place, mm-hmm. and that's what I think is happening. That we have lost our way in God's way. And that's that's my opinion, and this is Alexandra friend, so I have the opinion. Don't forget that. <laughs> so <laughs> my show and I make the rules. My show and I decide what we talk yes, about. Ma'am. Yes, that's ma'am. what my that's what Michael told me. He was my producer. First day he ever walked in, there were, were three. It was Courtney and Vivian, Vivian, Viridian, and myself, and and I, he could not understand her because she spoke a little Portuguese. And all his and all I said was, "It's my show." He says, "It is your show," but I decide what you say. Okay. <laughs> well, we're so glad to be here today. Young, thank you so much for filling in here with us today. But what are your questions you have now that your son's in the military? What do you expect from Lieutenant Colonel Alan West as he moves forward with his life and what he's going to be doing? Ma'am, what I hear is uh, Lieutenant Colonel West is a man of God. <clears throat> yeah. oh, and yes. I think that's the most, most important thing in his life or everybody's life should be the way it's based on the God's principles. That's right. And we're, we're losing that b- battle a little bit each, each day. And then I just want to, he should have still stayed in, in the Army and become <laughs> a general <laughs> and, and be still that uh, principles to the to the leadership. They would have kicked me out of today's Army, <laughs> okay? <laughs> I'll tell but, you. But, but, but we have to fight the battle, <clears throat> a God's battle. We're yeah. fighting spiritual battle here. I think what you're saying is leadership. Yes. Is that what we're looking at? I, I'm, I'm saying leadership because I think that's what we're missing is leadership. Well, Lieutenant Colonel mm-hmm. stated when he was speaking to, um, I believe there were some graduates he was speaking to, inspiring them about the five letters, seeds of leadership. And what I'm going to ask him to share with us and our listeners about the five letter seeds of leadership. I love that. Thank you. Share that about that. Yeah, the five seeds of leadership is what, you know, I came to understand and learn over my my period in the the military and and continue on servicing. Uh, The first one is courage because that's the main thing about being a leader. You have to have the courage to stand up and do what is right Mm -hmm. and not just go along to get along. And, uh, again, I come back to what God told Joshua. You know, Ooh. when all of a sudden, you know, Moses, my servant is dead. Joshua, yeah. tag, you're it. And yeah. you got to take the multitude across, That's right. you know, the river to the promised land. And he told him three times, be strong and a good courage. He said, this book of the law, okay, do not turn from it, from the right or to the left. That's and right. so you have fundamentals, you have principles you should go by. And that will empower you and mm-hmm. give you the courage to stand up as a leader. And again, he said, you know, uh, you know, yeah. Be of good courage, strong. Uh, be of good courage and strength. For the Lord thy God shall never leave you nor forsake you. So, courage is the first thing. Uh, the second C is competence. And I've always told young officers, whatever, that no one follows a dummy into a firefight. Okay, mm-hmm. so you better know your your stuff. And and that's what I think we should have as as leaders. And mm-hmm. when I look at elected leadership, you should know the rule of law. You should know the Constitution. You should know, you know, those things. And 
Today, you hear people stand up and talk about, you know, America, democracy, whatever. America is a constitutional republic. And if you get that wrong, then you don't understand the foundation of the country. So know, you know, your trade uh, and, and know what you are and what you're supposed to be doing. That's the competence part. So courage and competence. The next thing is commitment. Yeah. You have to have a core set of principles and values that you're yes. committed to. Mm-hmm. And if you have the competence, you know what those uh, principles and values are. And then you have the courage to stand by them. Mm-hmm. Because the four C is conviction. Because so often people go out there and say, you know, I'm committed to something, but then all of a sudden the winds start to blow a certain mm. way and, and they're not convicted. <laughs> they move to, absolutely. They move <laughs> themselves. You know, well, the public opinion poll said, you know, and the people said, no, yeah. I mean, you're supposed to stay on what is right. That's and, right. And I always go back to Joshua and mm-hmm. his farewell address in chapter 24, 24 and verse 15 when he said, choose for yourselves today. Who you will serve. That's right. Being that the gods of the Amorites are the gods from across the river. But as for me and my house, my we, house will serve we will the Lord. serve the Lord. Yeah. And then Amen. When, you, when you flip <laughs> over, when you flip over to, to Judges. Yeah. You know, it talks about, you know, Joshua and those generations of Joshua passed away. Mm-hmm. And what happened to the children of Israel? Mm. They bowed down. They started to worship the Baal. Yeah. After they made this commitment to Joshua that they wouldn't forget. Well, right. they didn't tell the story. So they said they were committed to it, mm. but then they didn't show the conviction. And then the last C is character. And I always have told my daughters, soldiers, whatever, the character means doing what is right when no one's watching. And that kind of comes yes. back oh. to, yes. to to George Sor- George Orwell's uh, George Orwell's You were going to say George Soros. I know. I was like, <laughs> I, was like I had to take, take my tongue out. <laughs> yeah. I was about just to go like this in a minute. But, okay. but George Orwell, who said that a nation sleeps peacefully at night because rough men stand ready to do violence Amen. on her behalf. Ooh. See, there are people out there that you don't know. You will never know. But because of their character, they will be out there on freedom's ramparts defecting, um, defending your, your life, your liberty, and, and your, your property, property, your rights and your freedom. So courage, competence, commitment, conviction, and character. Those are the five C's of leadership. Yes. Thank you for sharing Thank that. you for sharing that. Awesome. Uh, uh, Lieutenant Colonel, where, where, do we, where were these words? Where were you? Uh, I, I can't remember. Was that a, a, an ROTC program, or where, where did you bring all this to? Gradu- I think it was a graduation. You spoke yep. in Florida. Yep. Am I correct? Yep, you're absolutely right. And she's how been, was she's it? Done a homework. <laughs> she's done her homework. I'm, I'm asking just to make sure that everybody's yeah. done. But tell me, how, these young people, what were their ages? Well, I mean, you there know, you had some that were non-traditional, mm, but right. I mean, most of them, you know, in their early 20s and what have you. But again, this is something that, that is amazing. I, I don't care what the audience is. I mean, I talk to business leaders. Absolutely. I, I them, you right. know, because you're supposed to lead by example. And yes. if you want to have a good, you know, uh, atmosphere or culture, you, you have to have, you know, be grounded in, in principles and people will follow you because they believe in you. And I think that's what we're missing is that leadership. And most of all, courage. I think the courage to stand up for the right, Mm -hmm. for the people, and to continue. I think that's in compassion. Um, And and, and I appreciate you for for being here. But you know, it's interesting you bring up the word compassion. Well. Because, you know, I, I remember getting asked, you know, very early on, you know, I was a captain. As a captain, it was a cadet. He said, how do you really define compassionate leadership? And I say it's very simple. Mm-hmm. I said compassionate leadership, two different scenarios. Okay, it's, it's cold, it's wet, it's an ugly day, mm-hmm. but you still got to put people out mm. to be on guard. Right. Mm. Now, the compassionate leader may say, mm. you know what, let's lower the standard. Let's not have our soldiers out there mm-hmm. because it's cold and it's wet. But guess what you just did? You just exposed your unit to an attack if you don't put the sentries out, you don't put the guards out. Mm. The real compassionate leader We'll go out there and stand, stand watch, and watch with the soldier. Okay, that's that's the true compassion. That's good to show that it's not about my rank, it's not about my position. Mm-hmm. I understand the duty and the mm-hmm. mission that has to be done, and I'm gonna stand here with you. That's how you show compassion. That's awesome. Well, yeah. sir, now that you're saying that, mm-hmm. you showed compassion in Iraq, and you had to pay for it. Can you tell us a little bit about oh, that? Look, I mean, look, you know, it's because uh, my son was there. He look, was you, serving you, in there. When, when you're a leader, you're supposed to make sure that you do what is right for your, your soldiers. And I will never forget the words of my dad, the old World War II veteran, 
Corporal United States Army. Uh, mm-hmm. When I was about to head out to Fort Sill, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. Lawton for my oh first my tour of duty mm-hmm. back in October 1983 for artillery school. And he looked at me, and uh, the only time I saw my dad cry was when he pinned on my second lieutenant bars mm-hmm. oh. uh, because he challenged me at the age of 15 to be the first officer in the family. But he told me as I was about to get into the car and head out to, to Oklahoma, he said, Lieutenant, let me tell you, the most important thing you got to do is you got to take care of your troops. Mm-hmm. You Thank take you. care of your troops, everything else will be taken care of. That's so right. uh, I took an action in Iraq. You know, people can read about whatever. Yeah. But it was, but about, protecting, about, it. Nah, it was about protecting my troops in combat. You find out that, you know, that, you know, information is being leaked uh, Tax increase, and we were in a pretty rough area. We were just north of Baghdad. Baghdad, uh-huh. we were at the intersection uh, of Highway One that took you deeper into the Sunni Triangle, or you uh, went west into Fallujah and Ramadi, which were two very hot spots. And so we we basically were responsible for what was called the hot corner. And um, you know, I did not want to see my guys unnecessarily exposed to those IEDs and those type of attacks. And we got word that there was a an Iraqi police officer that was sharing information, and uh, he came in. But uh, we had two female interrogators, you mm-hmm. know, that were detailed to us. And those of us that know about the uh, Muslim culture, men don't pretty much so respect, you know, women mm-hmm. in, in the Muslim culture. So uh, I made the decision to go down there and put a little pressure on the guy, use what I call down south, a little mm-hmm. psychological intimidation. Okay. And I, Is that Buck West? Well, you know, Buck West always told me fear is a motivator. Right. So, yes, it is. I so, love that. Uh, yes, it is. So I, I told him that if he didn't come forth with information that, you know, I was going to shoot him. Uh, mm. Never had the intent to do so, but mm. I wanted him to believe that I could. And I did. Uh, my Beretta 9mm, I fired it over his head into a weapons clearing barrel, uh, made sure he was safe and wasn't nowhere near going to hit him. Uh, and he came forth with some information and, you know, the attacks, you know, quelled down, and I reported myself. And when they conducted an investigation, I told the uh, the assistant division commander exactly what I did, why I did it, and I said, sir, I mean, whatever punishment you have to do, do it. Mm-hmm. And so the uh, Army fined me $5,000, and when I redeployed back from Iraq, you know, I talked to the wife, she said, you know, we've had a good run, and uh, Absolutely. let's go ahead and, and, and retire, take care of our girls, and, and make mm-hmm. sure we raise our family. So uh, Absolutely. 22 years in the United States military, and I was proud to have served in combat, leading a battalion of 600. But, again, you know, when I still see those guys, because many of them mm-hmm. you know, are here in Texas, and I get phone calls and text messages, and still to this day, they say thank you. I thank you. So I thank yes. you. Thank you for your service. I have a brother-in-law who was in service. I have two brother-in-laws. I don't know. I'm going to say their names. I'm not for sure if if they were under you. My heart is speaking. Edward Johnson? No, I don't think so. No? Yeah. It's a big army. Okay. It's a big army. Well, I don't know. I just wanted to ask that. But first I wanted to say thank you for knowing when to bow down or bow out. Yeah. Congratulations to doing that. Congratulations on being the first African-American that had taken the um, position of Congress in Florida since Joshua T. Walls. Yes, that's Reconstruction. And that was in 2011. And that actually was 135 years later that God has placed you as the first African-American for his position. Thank you for being obedient to the call of God Mm -hmm. on that. So I wanted to ask you, since you have been called to that position, um, what was the challenges when you came in in 2011 that you had faced at that time in the Congress of Florida? Well, it it was really interesting because, uh, you know, there had not been, like you said, a a black Republican from the Congress in Florida since Reconstruction. Right. And uh, I'll never forget when I get up there to Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. you know, you, everybody wants to talk to you, whatever. And Tim Scott was, he came in at the same time. I love Tim. But there there was a person that asked me, he said, well, do you plan on joining the Congressional Black Caucus? I said, well, last time I checked, there were only two qualifications. You got to be black and you got to be in Congress. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll be joining it. But it, 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 it was just, it was just... It was just this mentality that, you know, okay. you're you're an oddity or, or something like that. And 
What, what's unnerving to me is that basically what people are trying to say, coming back to the, to the, the skin color thing, your skin color is supposed to dictate how you think. Exactly. And how you carry yourself and how you, you, your, your philosophy of governance. And, you know, I always share with folks that my ideological yeah. mentor is Booker T. Washington. When you think about, oh my gosh. You know, yes. when you think about what he that. went through and yes. the example that he sets, yes. that's an example of excellence. Yes, it is. You know, to have been born into slavery and to rise up and to become one of the greatest orators and educators that this country has ever known. Yes. And so th- that was kind of like, you know, the challenge is that, you know, people are saying, well, you know, there's no such thing as a black conservative or, or whatever. And so, of course it is. It sure always is. has been. Has I mean, been. Frederick Douglass, Madam C.J. Walker, Walker, you know, the first black female millionaire, all of yes. these people. Mm. So I think that there is a education process. There's an awakening process okay. that's happening in the black community. And I was very humble to, 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 okay. to be able to step out there and say, you know, the Lord say, you can be an example to people that yeah. you don't have to continue to go down this path. Yeah. You know, you can think okay. on your own. Well, talking about black, mm. black, black times and black things, this is, <clears throat> we're celebrating Black History, History Month. Month. Yep. Yes. And thank I always you, say, Sarah, you know, I, I, I want to say this because I come from a very orthodox Jewish home. I always look at everything in the military. I grew up military. I don't you know. I grew up with parents military. We always looked at the color of the uniform. Yeah. Ooh, here comes the Marine. Oh, here comes the Army. But I always say that if people are proud of who they are themselves with their own skin, mm. they never have to worry about where they come from yeah. and where they're going or complained about themselves <clears throat> because you are what you want to be, not what anybody expects you to be. Mm-hmm. It's you, That's your right. parents. It so is. when people tell me, well, this or that, I want to mm-hmm. know, what did you put, wh- what was your 100% that you put in for yourself? Because, you know, I can tell you, when we ran his campaign, there was a lot of people didn't like him because they, he didn't look like everybody else did. Okay? Mm-hmm. I had the same problem. A lot of people don't like me because I'm Alexandra. Okay, but who cares? And sometimes maybe they don't like you because what you look like. But it's not what they think, it's what we think mm-hmm. of ourselves. Sales. What is in our, inside of us? Yes. And to me, we're the most powerful people in the world because we are not told how to be, where to be, or how to get to the next step. Mm-hmm. And when you got one right here. He went from where he started to the next. We're coming pretty much to the end of the show here. Mm-hmm. I see oh. the producer is going... Oh. And I don't know what he's I trying to tell so us. Questions. We got four minutes, so we have a lot okay. of questions, and we're going to. Bring, I hope you come back to the show. I'll be happy to. I'll be honored to. But, but, Anytime uh, you want to lower your standards, I'll show up. Well, we're, <laughs> we're going to lower our standards because I want to have you back yeah. on a debate. Back. And I understand you're running. Tell us a little bit about what your next movement is, okay? Because well, that's what I'm excited about because we're supporting you. Well, again, you know, people came to me and they asked me what I step up to. Diane to, Benjamin was one of them. Yeah, to run for the. Chairman of the Dallas County Republican Party because, you know, we don't have any elected Republicans uh, here in Dallas County. And I think that you need to have a balance. You do. You cannot have a a one-party domination and rule. And we don't even have the opportunity to get, you know, candidates out there running for some of these positions. And uh, now I'll come back to George Soros. George Soros has targeted Dallas County. Yes, he has. Uh, yes. And if we lose, you know, Texas by way through Dallas County in this presidential election cycle, We're done. Uh, it's, it's going to be a very dark Oof. period for the United States of America. And, and I think that we just need to have strong principal voices that stand up and, and push back against this progressive socialism, this Marxism, that protect our families, protect our safety and security, and uh, also just make sure that we're a voice. Well, why don't don't you tell us what you're doing, what what people need to go vote for you, and what's happening because this is coming to the... To, to yeah. coming to the end, and I want people to know. We're at the end of the uh, first week of early voting. That runs from 20 February to the 1st of March. The election day is the 5th of March. You can go to our website, west, the number 4, dallas.com, west4dallas.com. And again, the whole purpose of being the chairman of the GOP here in Dallas County is to help people like Young and help people like Marcel. Well, thank you. I'll be recruiting you. you to run for city council, school board. That's right. Oh, come out on there. Now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, so we want to elevate people. And Absolutely. Amen. And that's what leaders do. It's not about themselves. Mm. It's about elevating others and the legacy that you leave. Mm. So as we're coming to the end of this show, tell us what you want to see of our 
country and where where do you think we should go next? I want to oh, see the restoration. Question. I want to see the restoration of America as a constitutional republic okay. that respects and honors us as individuals and our rights, our freedoms and liberties. Mm-hmm. And understanding when you read the Declaration of Independence, there's no other nation in the world that has been founded on the premise that the individual is sovereign. Because the individual, their rights, freedoms, and liberties come from a sovereign God, the creator God. Yes. That's called natural rights theory. And so I think we've got to reestablish that. Thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, because we definitely want to come we back. Because I want to ask them about the cyber attacks. I want to talk to him about the <laughs> A1 uh, technology that's coming aboard. I have so many questions. I oh, know sure. um, Lieutenant Connor will have so many great advice about what we're going in this technology data world. So let's and that's April what I or wanna... May. How is yeah. that? Oh, you got to come back. Before we got to talk about okay. that. Well, you know, I am artificial intelligence. <laughs> see, see, that's what I want to know. He said he is. So we need to find out that's more right. about that's that. Right. That's I'm, I'm artificial intelligence. Well, All right. Young Sung, you want to give us a last uh, what, what, uh, thank you for being here. And, no, and thanks, no, Young no, Sung. It's no, good no, to see you. you. In English, please. Thank you. <laughs> it's good to see you. No, no, thank you, Lieutenant Colonel. I just yeah. want to allude to add to what he said about being American, I mean, not black American, Asian American. I was given um, color, yeah. I was given color of a yellow as Asian. What does that mean? And I was led to believe that's what I thought that's what, what I was. Korean American or Black American. Or, it's an or, American. Uh, it's American. But I want to say when I told my son, he was born and raised, but he looked like a Korean. You're not Korean. You're American first. We should be calling American Korean or American mm-hmm. Filipino, American Black or something because we are American. Or American, America first. exactly. First, those industries kind of change, change the mentality of it. We're, we're, we're supposed to be proud Americans, yep. not proud Korean Koreans. We we are all American. That's not what colors. But I want to thank you so much for that about teaching us about saying about the character, yeah. character, not color. That's right, the character. Yeah. That's right. Marshall, you have last words. Um, you want him back? I know that. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Thank you for your service. That's my pleasure. Again, thank you for being a leader to our youth of today. And again, thank you for being a great father and a great husband. Thank you for being a light. I'll do my best. Michael Clark, thank you for being such a great producer. Um, Lieutenant Colonel, will you close us out with a prayer for today, please? Uh, Heavenly Father, just want to thank you and the blessing of being here with these three incredible people, Young, Alexandra, and also Marcel, and being reunited back with Michael. Let the the words and our thoughts and our perspectives and insights go out and touch people. And once again, help us to just be that light, that shining city that restores you and your kingdom here on earth. It's not about a theocracy, but it is about the fact that we sing God bless America, nobody else, just God bless America. So thank you and bless every family that is represented here, every family that is represented out watching this podcast. Keep them in the hollow of thy hand. And until next time, God be with you. God bless you. And thank Amen. You. Amen. Amen. You're listening to Alexander and Friends 660. I'm sorry, Alexander and Friends <laughs> at the Purple Cow Branding Studio. We, our next show will be Ms. Kwanda Termish, who will be here on March on uh, March the, th- the second, I believe. Is so we're looking forward to seeing you again. Have a good day and a wonderful weekend. Bye-bye. God bless you. God bless you. Bye.